Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and welcome to Dirty Water, a hit of warm smiles and welcoming arms, and where every opinion is wrapped in protective plastic shields. Today on Dirty Water, live from Orlando, Florida, and with the warm aroma of a nearby meth lab in the air, is 2001 Asterix World Champ, Ugly Baby, and Queen of Chopu, Mr. Clifton James Hobgood Jr. How you doing, mate? It looks like a nice house you got there. Hey, the audio's not working. Where are you at? And I'm like looking at the, I'm looking at the uh, microphone button go up and down. I'm like, gosh, it's weird, man. <laughs> I'm almost a pro because um, my daughter has to get on Zoom every day to do school. Also, oh, no, totally no schooling in uh, in Florida either, huh? Nah, so I'm, I'm like, I should be proficient in in Zoom at this point, right? <laughs> I'm sure your kid is. Well, kids, how many kids you got? <laughs> Oh, no, dude, it's a freaking UFC fight to get my little one on um, to do work. It, it's just like she'll do anything she can do to get out of anything. So then I got to go minimalistic, like baseline. Like they won't let you go to second grade unless you do this, you know? Oh, really? How old is she? Six or something? Yeah, she's seven. And then the other two are 13 and 14. So they're, you know, you just got to like have a talk with them late at night every once in a while and then, and then they're good to go. How old's, how old's your oldest kid? Is she 18 or something now? No, um, she's 14 and then the other one's 13 and seven. So. Uh, okay, right. I'm trying to figure out, is it too dark? Or like I try to get some light in the pro, I'm like on the same program you are. I got a bunch of windows in the back. <laughs> no, yeah, and it, sort of, it sort of messes with the, it's good though when you, when you get a little bit close to it, it's good because the camera exposes for your face. Rather oh, than okay. Windows. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take your lead there then. <laughs> See? See, I'm really clear then. I'll never go back. <laughs> it's amazing, huh? Oh. <laughs> I could totally do a COVID examination on your, on your dang throat. Oh, seriously, dude. It's like, the <laughs> one, it's like the one test you're just like praying that it's positive, you know? Oh, God. I so, I so want to get it. I just want to get a nice little dose of COVID. Just walking around going, I'm a survivor. You know what? Uh... Yeah, I'm, anytime I hear there's like a, oh, look at him. Oh, <laughs> rip his skirt off. Rip it off. Take it all off. Are you shirtless in Seattle, Charlie? I'm shirtless. I'm here shirtless. I wanted CJ to feel like he was back in Florida. Dude, <laughs> seriously. Oh, you know what's weird? Dude, polar vortexing here right now. I lit really? the fire last night. I lit the fire May 7th. I might even light it tonight, too. I don't like to hear that. <laughs> I want Dude, it's cold. It's like summer. cold outside. What's cold, cold in Florida? Florida. Oh, it was 50s last night. Holy shit. So, yeah. I don't know what that is for. Um, yeah, don't ask me. But um, I'm part of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was short lived, obviously. But yeah, it's it's going to snow up in the Northeast. It's supposed to like Mother's Day snow job. Like supposed to get flowers blooms everyone's feeling happy no snow dead <laughs> you're gonna die in your house old mom you're gonna die oh, yeah. alone and cold it's the extreme it's just it's just extreme like right you give it two days and it'll be like blazing so How are you you're in florida right now 
I'm in Florida. I'm in Orlando, Florida. Like it's called Old Orlando. Um, the 1926 house. Uh, there's bricks on the streets. Like not a lot of character in Florida, but there's a spot. And I've given you the invite, Chaz. I'm coming. I love, I love Smyrna. I love the whole nine yards. You I, know, I know, dude. I know, man. It, you know what? I've been telling everyone. I'm like, hey, listen. There's not. There's no state tax. You know, the governor's kept his head on straight. If, if you ever want to come to Florida, it's never too late. You know. You know who wants to move to Florida and actively discusses it every time I'm with him in Florida? Matt Warshaw. Matt Warshaw is thinking about pulling the plug on Seattle and moving to Smyrna. Dude, he's a smart man. He's a smart guy. knows where to butter his bread. You know, I always got to throw out the caveat, though. It, I mean, there are days where it, you're just like, this is, this is unbearably hot. No. Like, no, there, there are a couple of days now, and I don't know if I've experienced it before. If you're by the ocean, you get a sea breeze. I'm in the middle of Orlando, right? No sea breeze. This stuff permeates from the ground. Imagine getting hit from the top, no wind, and then just getting just scorched from the bottom. It's, I mean, I've been in some hot places, but this, this, this joint might take the cake in, in the middle here. Do you miss the ocean, Sage? Um, I, I mean, yes, I miss it. Actually, the first year I was here, it was like torment where you're just like, you start twitching and you're in the car and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm claustrophobic. I'm an hour away from the beach. Um, that lasted for like, you know, eight months. And then um, now I'm at the point where I've sort of, you know, weaned myself off that stage. And now I'm at the point where I just really enjoy when it happens. So I've gotten over the, I don't, I don't know what sort of um, addictive cycle that is. But yeah, I've, I'm in a good spot now. When you lived in Seattle, did you uh, did you surf every day, or did you go in the water every day? The thing I did was I looked at the water every day. That was the that was the hardest part because um, I mean, look, you look at the ocean every day, right? You feel weird if you didn't set your eyes on on um, on the ocean. So yeah, it was. Uh, I looked at the ocean every day, absolutely. And what's it like when you're when that's taken away from you? When I mean, you took it away yourself, but. What's it like to have, what's it like to fucking um, get up in the morning and go, woo what am I going to do? Hmm. Look at the highway. It was, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. You had to start telling yourself a pretty damn good story. You know, like, Hey, you wanted to get off tour to be with your kids. This is, this is the most uncomfortable place you're going to have to like grow from. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, I mean, whether you're lying to yourself or what, you just, t you start telling yourself some good fodder for sure. And then you, you believe it and you get through it and you get to, you get to a good spot. And you were saying, you were saying the other day when I, uh, when I spoke to you that, um, uh, when you surf now, it tends to be overseas. Yeah. Most of, most of my surfing is the Orlando airport and, um, and our Melbourne airport. And, and that's, and that's where I go. Yeah. And you just went to the Bahamas, huh? Was that a secret? Yeah, we, we did, man. We, we were, the guy was like tentative letting us in, you know? Because um, he was just like, you know, I don't want to be, this little island, there's like 400 people on this whole island. And 
what if one of these jokers are bringing it in, you know? And, um, but yeah, he led us through and, and, uh, we scored. So, uh, that, that we went to the Bahamas before, right before lockdown and, um, with Levi and then fish surfed. And then I came home and then went straight under the knife to get like every little spot. Cause I knew we were going on lockdown for like, or felt like we were going to go there for a little bit. So I was like, all right, hitting the dermatologist, any spot that looks weird, scrape it. And then let's just, let's just, let's fix me up here. So when we go, when I get the green light, I can be, the old car can be ready to go again. <laughs> Derek, Derek loves to get his cancer scraped as much as any man I know. Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, anyone got any spots right? Because like, if you're on lockdown, hit the dermatologist right now. Yeah, a night surgery is pretty much my sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an option, right? If you, yeah. if, you, if you get it, just torch yourself and then just say you cut the motherfucker out before it gets too big. Yeah. Hey, so dude, how did I make the lineup here? I'm thinking like either you guys are scraping the bottom of the barrel here or just like maybe Derek misses me. I mean, last time I saw you, Derek was maybe like Tahiti sitting across the table. You're having having theological arguments at Mama and Papa Tavis at Chopu. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? You know what? I'm more equipped right now if you want to have some theologian now. But I've got, um, I've got two against one though. Chaz, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, Chaz has got fearing. Oh man, dude, I love, you know what? I think every time I go back to, every time I go, Chaz, every time I go to you, I just go, the guy, he understands, like he gets the, and that there's no, there was no better picture than me than when someone went at the father and the child and that, and I was just like, oh dude, he's going to, those are hands, right? Like he's going to throw. And I was just like, God, dude, I love this guy. Cause I was like, for me, that's just been my, my story. Like, how can I just be a better father, you know? And, um, over here or Orlando life, but, um, but yeah, no, great, great deal of respect. And, uh, Hey, you know what I was thinking? Let's do, you guys got a good surf story. Like it can be, a, it's gotta be tragic, little survival. Like, is there like, can we go like just campfire surf story because i feel like people haven't gone on a surf trip and they'd love to hear like a surf story right now right am i just tripping no no kick, kick us off sage yeah please I, I mean i i i can so i was thinking that um so we're filming for year zero and you know when you're filming for a video like you can kind of like oh gosh we're kind of hitting a brick wall we're not hey let's just go to indo like we'll go to indo we'll get on a boat trip and we'll get so much on wax everything will just flow from there so we're going on a boat trip i know taj is on it i know noodles is on it i think yaden's there and and i'm there um and it's june i'm about to have we're about to have our firstborn in july and we get into Padang, it's pissing down rain, just, and these cowboys jump out of nowhere, like two young cowboys, and I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. Two cowboys got just enough hours under their belt that they're just going to get us in trouble. It's someone else's boat, they know just enough to, like, you know, get us out of the docks, and um, <laughs> so it's pissing down rain, like, stuff's just leaking in everywhere, but, like, dude, there's going to be waves, right, so we got to get out there. So we're headed out there, you know, we're like, whoo, we got out of Padang, don't know how he pulled that one off. Um, and 
I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I was like, I'm going to go get some water. So I sort of walk up the, the flight of stairs and, and there's a water jug. I'm getting water. And as I'm getting water, it feels like someone, like a, like an NFL guy just, just smashed me with his shoulder up against the wall. And I'm like, what the frick was that? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, so I walk outside and I look down, it's like pitch black. Obviously I look down, there's like waves rolling. I hear commotion up top. I look, I'm like, I think that's land. And I look and I'm like, dude, we just ran aground. Like we fully just ran aground. Like reefed like, it. Yeah. Fully reefed it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I'm going to be stuck out here and my kid's going to be born. And this is not going down. I'm not going down like this. And I run downstairs. I'm like, everyone grab your passports right now. Shit's about to get real. And then I run back up. These guys are hammering it reverse. The jet ski falls off the back. <laughs> We're just like running over this turtle jet ski. That's like full Laird Hamilton, old school one. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if this thing's coming off. I don't know if this, do they keep going, keep going. It comes off. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we get it off. And then everyone meets and we take a vote, right? Who wants to keep going? Because we're like halfway to, to the islands. Who's keep going? And I'm like, I'm like three people in one. I'm raising my hand. Like, I got a kid. I'm about there. She's about to be born. I got to go back. Get me back. Everyone outvotes me. And we keep going through the night. And it was a restless sleep because you're just like, this thing's going to sink. What's going on? Like, prop's going to fall out. No, nah, it's a metal hole. You'll be fine. Um, we get out to Lance's waves are firing. Everyone goes surfs. And I'm like, frick that put on the goggles, go down. I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, well, this hole like handled pretty good. But then I'm like looking at the prop and the shaft and I'm like, dude, this thing, I got a feeling this thing does not look solid. I tell the Cowboys, they go down. Next thing I know they're getting like a seatbelt to try to hold the prop in. And then, um, long story short, they end up, bringing another boat out for us at like macaroni's at this point. Um, and the trip continues. So long winded, but I got through it. That's their, that's their story. And you, saw, and you saw your baby get born. And, and I made it back for the baby and year zero. Um, yeah. Was, 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 was Joe G on that trip? Joe G was on that trip. I'm pretty sure Joe G was on it. Cause it was, it was year zero. And how did, uh, how did he handle I think everyone handled pretty good just because the mere fact that I was just like, I'm getting home for my kid being born. Like, so and I, yeah, I was, I was such either the prick or the, or the voice of not reason. Um, I think everyone's sort of like, well, I'm not as bad as this guy is. <laughs> were you having, were you having little words to Jesus going, Jesus, these other guys are heathens. Um, you saved me. I'm your number one guy. Everyone can fucking drown. Just get me home. I was like, I don't remember that part. Um, definitely. I was just like, all right, man. You, I mean, you gave me this baby. So like, take me home. Like, let's get me home. Right. Um, I mean, there was prayers going down. Um, not the, was it, was it, was it, was it John Denver playing in your headphones? Take me home. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Get me home. Kill the heathens. Uh -huh. You know, I was, I was younger though. So I was more cowboy, like freaking make it happen. I'll swim back, like whatever. So I think it was probably, 
probably more testosterone field than anything at that point, maybe. Did you know the mentor is a, a Christian? Oh, no way. I didn't yeah, know so, that. So, so if you go up the river, there's all these uh, Christian churches, or, you know, many sort of rivers and inlets and whatever, because the missionaries who went into Indonesia got obviously shooed away from the main islands. But, the, um, but yeah, they, they managed to spread it through the, uh, the Mentawai Islands. It's the one little outpost of Christianity in that sea of Islam. No way. Yeah, I mean, well, look, that's why we love Bali. Isn't, you know, isn't that, uh, that's more they're, Hindu, right? Yeah, they're Hindus, but um, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, um, which is pretty, which is all super rad, man, you know, um, cause when, when the whole place goes on lockdown, you know, um, how's Bali doing? How's Australia? How's California? Australia's, Australia's doing great. Bali's, Bali's not, rough, right? Bali's pretty rough. Yeah. I think, I think, um, um, you know, obviously the hospital system will be over and, and no real super lockdown. Dempasas is trucking as usual, but the beaches are closed in, uh, in Bali. But I think all those skippers who are left in the mental wise are just surfing by themselves. And then just like rationing food. <laughs> yeah, they've got their one tin of two-year-old peaches <laughs> and probably about a thousand gallons of rum on each boat, huh? <laughs> and they haven't touched the peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's so many hiding spots on those boats of like food. You're like, whoa, what's this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah another box of ice creams, another bottle of rum. Oh, that's classic. You know, it's funny because Florida's like, you know, the doors are getting pretty wide open. And now you start to get to a spot where the governor, you know, the, the governor is sort of given the green light. But now you sort of see people like, businesses, restaurants, and they're sort of like operating now under their own sort of their, their free will, but how they want to act. Right. So like we went to a restaurant yesterday and there was like a couple people outside, but there was no one inside. And we're like, you know, so you see, you see now that the government has sort of opened it up, you get to see where the sort of general population is at with everything. You know what I'm saying? Were, yeah. were you scared? Were you scared ever, Siege, about either getting it or spreading it or contracting it? I guess contracting. I gotta admit, I did. I did call my mom really early, and I was like, you know, I was like, "Hey, mom, just reaching out. Like, I don't know anything, but um, you know, I love you, and I probably won't see you for for a few months here." And she's like, "Yeah, no, I really appreciate that." So I think, and then my my wife's dad owns a bunch of nursing homes, you know. So I think, I think we, for me, I just went straight elderly and, and even to this point, I'll still like bust a pretty wide, you know, circumference around someone that I see that's elderly. And I think that's where that was my biggest sort of knee jerk. Um, and then my kids and everything else, I mean, like I'm taking them to the grocery store, I'm taking them to Target. I'm just like, you know, even last night, my boy's like, oh, I think I have a fever. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. You kids are like immune to this stuff, you know. I think kids uh, are cesspools. Those kids are just like fountains of bacteria and virus. They they can handle anything. Yeah. So with the with the older with the older population, I was, and then I was like, I mean, it's pretty cool because everyone gets a chance and it gets a full sort of scale of like, okay, this this could be my mortality, and how am I going to treat my mortality? Like, how am I going to you know, live my life in, in conjunction. What's the, what's the joy to cost ratio, you know? And, um, 
and I sort of went back to surfing and like even bigger wave surfing. I was just like, are you going to paddle out? Well, yeah, you're going to paddle out. So as long as you're not hurting somebody else, like, yeah, dude, like the first day my buddy's restaurant was open, we were there just like, let's, let's go, you know? So, and look, I, I'm, I understand there is a knee jerk with that. Like you could be a carrier and now you're just killing people. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get those people, but at a point you just gotta, you gotta success your own mortality and sort of like, and, and you sort of live that out Chaz where you were just like, you know what? I know what's at cost. I know what's at risk here and I'm going to live. I'm going to take life to the fullest. If it ends in a week, then that's what happens. I'll tell you, it's the best part about being a Christian is feeling like eh, it's, it's not really my decision. I mean, putting, putting God to the ultimate test of I want to be as dumb as I can. And I dare you to keep protecting me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, there's a point where you're like, yeah, if I'm going home, I'm going home. But there's also the other point where you're like, you know, I'm not trying to like get sucked over the falls and grab like people's leash when I'm going other people's leash when I'm going over. So, yeah, I mean, it's just sort of. So, but, but Andy, I mean, I think, okay, what was the transition that you had? Were you, were you always infatuated with big waves or did you always have that in you? Or when did you and Damo really start thinking, okay, wait a second. I mean, talking with Joe G early on, year zero days, I think, he would always tell me that it's CJ and Damo are the ones who go hardest and do stuff that freaks everyone else out, which surprised me then because I was thinking, had you guys in my mind as like tour surfers, right? Where... I didn't think you were pussies, but I thought, uh, really? And then now all of a sudden you guys are considered chargers. Did that, was that always there or was there a transition? You know what? I think here's the, here's the, like the little bit of the secret sauce is chargers. Like they don't have a calibration of how big the waves are. Like I seen John John do it in Fiji that one year where the waves were massive. And I was like, Dude, he doesn't understand how big the waves are. There's a point where, like, there's a big part of your life or, or there's a part of your life where you just can't – it's hard to judge. Like, yeah, waves are pretty big. Like, you, it's, so whether it's charging or you, you're, you're just ignorant um, and it's, or maybe it's somewhere in between, like, dude, we had trouble telling how big the waves were. So we were like, yeah, this, we're on, you know? A little bit of everything, but I think there's a big part of the, that people don't fully understand of like these big wave surfers, they don't really understand the consequences or understand how big it is. But there was a point, especially after I started having kids and everything, or as I got older in my life, I was just like, okay, I can actually judge how big the wave is. And I can sort of see that there's consequences. And then that sort of started that seed of, um, yeah, so. What about confidence in your ability? Because I can never understand surfers who are incredible surfers who don't surf, you know, big pipe and big chopu. And there's a couple of tour surfers. And I, I just think if I had those skills, if I knew I could get down one of those waves, I'd, I'd totally go. But I just know I'm going to get lagooned. I'm going to get totally gooned to chopu. Like every set I've paddled into a chopu. And by set, I mean probably four foot. I fucking ended up in the lagoon like 400 meters from the fucking uh, takeoff. <laughs> but if I was, um, you know, a few surfers, Felipe and whatever, I'd fucking be 10 foot chopper, be loving every second. Look at me. Ooh-wee. You know what? And you would, Riley, you absolutely would. But, you know, as the old saying goes, 
anything's really hard until you do it, right? So you just got to imagine that everything's really hard, but those guys like myself or anyone including, they just blindly sort of did it and it happened. And once you do it once, there's something that just goes, okay, that was easy or I can do it, right? And then that starts that process. So if you could somehow start the process of, well, I did it, that was easy, then you're on your way. But what if you, what if you do it and it was hard and you couldn't? Well, then, yeah, then you, I can't, you can't come. That's hard to come back from. That's, that's you do double duty at that point. <laughs> I think I've had five campaigns at Chopu and never got tubed. It's a remarkable <laughs> record. I've caught about a hundred waves. You know, you, <laughs> people like me wait for the wait for the south sets to come. They kind of bend out to sea and you just do little tags all the way to the channel. And uh, Oh yeah. The ones that you could. Yeah. Nah, oh, man. You know what? It's, 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 um, those guys are just doing stuff that's making it easier, but it looks harder. It's, it's, it, it uh, yeah. I remember Luke Egan told Ronnie Blake, he goes, mate, if you have to slow down for the tube, you're not getting tubed. You're, mm. either, you're either tubed or you're not at Chopu. Yeah. Even, even when we were watching Aki, he would drop in and do a bottom turn, you know, we're like, Ooh, that's probably not the best, you know? Cause it's like, yeah, you can't stop, you know, it just shoots you down. Um, hey. You know how you were talking campfire stories. Can you tell the story again of um, that uh, seat you get at Chopu that's in the movie and Tourif by Sea? Is it and is the movie called and Tourif by? I get them. I get the name wrong all the time. And if two by Sea, Tourif by Sea. What's the, what's yeah, the movie called again? That that's a funny story because we were like, well, if if like it just randomly shows up in like some, you know, uh, like Hulu or or there's whatever. Like if they do it by alphabetical order, we we'd like to start with an A, right? So we're like, we're like, let's let's try to start it with an A, and so it was N two F by C, which is kind of like a, um, uh, it was a, it you know what what is, what is it you know Chaz, what's the guy's isn't name? That, isn't that Revolutionary War? Yeah, it's a Revolutionary War. It was where they then, and I'm gonna get caned for this one for not knowing all this my own history here. But but should chime in so I don't feel so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember the person who said it, but it was that there was wasn't it like two? So I'm gonna get blasted too here. I have a master's in applied linguistics. I should know this, Derek. You know it. I don't know it. You know, I, I, I just I just want to hear I just want to hear CJ get caned. Ah, well, yeah. Okay, thank you, I'll sir. University like, of Orlando. Ah, but, um, thank you, sir. I feel like it's like I. I feel like it's timely because I think it was something where like sort of revolutionary sort of going against what was, go what was going on. Wasn't it, wasn't it a Longfellow poem or something? I, I mean, we're all going to just be getting and, hammered. And, so, and something, and something about Paul Revere's ride. Yeah, that's it. Paul Revere. Yeah, there but you it go. Was, but, it wasn't, it. but it wasn't Paul Revere. What, Paul Revere no, no, was, it was British. I'm pretty sure it was, it was, Long, I think it was Longfellow in his um, poem, Paul Revere's ride. He said something like, one if by land and two if by sea or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was some, there was supposed to be some sign of something, right? Like either a gunshot or something. Something was supposed to happen where if the British were coming by sea, it'd be two, whatever it was, two cocktails. And if they were coming by land, yeah. it'd be one cocktail. <laughs> I, think, I think it wasn't a dis to describe the, single, the signal used to guide the midnight ride of Paul Revere at the start of the war. Fuck, I'm just reading from Google. I'm not, I don't know this oh, shit. I'll, I'll buy it. I, I mean, I'll, whatever <laughs> sure. you say, I'll buy it. I'll buy cool. it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, gosh, what a, 
Yes, yeah, so let's go. Let's go back to the um, back to that wave you get in uh, in two F by C. The um, that monster thing that Damo was too scared to take, and you just fucking put your head down and go, and just, sh- and just shamed him for eternity. <laughs> oh man! He got he got he got looks, but you got bravado. <laughs> oh man! I think it was probably harder for yeah. Um, that you know that was such a weird time too because you got to understand like everyone was towing that day. And, you know, the paddle guys are trying to find their waves. And, like, Shana was getting toe waves. I mean, you saw all the photos, you know. That was just more out of – that was out – that wave was mainly out of I refused to paddle back to the boat. And I sort of looked around. I was just like, These, you're either going to wait here till the afternoon until this swell dies down or find a little wave. But to get a bomb back to – or to get a good-sized wave back to the boat, you're just going to have to do something that no one's willing to get. And then the tow guys don't get, you know? So it was out of frustration, stupidity. And then, you know, blind luck. My brother happens to like kind of make eyes at her. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. And then he took his eyes off her for a second. I was like, she's mine. And um, yeah, it's kind of how the story went. That was it. And how did, um, what was dinner like at Mama and Papa Taylor's that night? Was, was Damo all quiet and sullen? And you were just triumphant, just dancing around, <laughs> speaking <laughs> French to Mama and Papa Taylor? Well, yeah, you got to know, like, how many nuts waves went down that day. Like, there was so much. I mean, you know, you, your brain can't even process it. People are coming back, trying to look at their photos, and you just don't even know. So we were just like, yeah, everyone's still, still ready with the contest goes. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we really... I kind of got a good thing because, like, when I cut out of that wave, Andy was there, and he was just like, whoa, like, that was one of the bigger waves I've ever seen. And I was just like, really? Like, kind of not fish. Like, I know that sounds like I'm fishing for a freaking compliment. Really? Like, really? Well, <laughs> oh, go on. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, that, little, keep that little thing. <laughs> but I was like, okay, Andy doesn't. Yeah, all right. So that I kind of put that one in the in the bank and sort of just ran with that. And, you know, they might have been a dance but it was like probably solo no one was looking when i was dancing but what about because um where we used to stay at Chopper, bummer and papa tavers it's very communal and there's a big long table and someone would have got the shot and it would have been on someone's laptop <clears throat> was there a bit of that at, at dinner and then and damo's just sort of sitting in the corner angrily chewing his poisson crew <laughs> yeah you know he can he can hold a pretty good face sometimes Oh, Damo, he can, he can definitely, that, that's what, he, it's hard to make him pop, but when he does pop, I could always run faster, so I was stoked. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but no, that, that was, that was cool. But dude, let's talk about, hey, I was, uh, Chaz, so I was talking to Derek earlier and I was just like, dude, you're going to kill Chaz. He's got two Beach Grit podcasts. Like, what are you on? How many have you done today? Uh, this is my second podcast today. Bro, are you are like talk to us, talk us through it. Like, how's how's that? I I just feel sorry for the entire world to have to hear my stupid voice more than once. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, sitting and talking, I can sit and talk endlessly, right? Like, and especially the afternoon one's even better because our sponsor Solento Tequila, from oh. the very yeah. mind of Taylor Steele. Come on over. Get you, get you a bottle of Salento. Seriously, Find it. you did, Rob. You, I, 
I'll hit you with my address. I'll DM you on my address for sure. I'll send you. I will send you one. Oh. I'll send you a Rob Machado signed Taylor Steele Salento tequila. Oh yeah, I would. I, that would be amazing. Yeah. So there the, was a there was a point where I was like, ah, I probably should have a you know salty crew beer here, but I was like, nah, you know. How's salty crew beer doing? Might be off brand. It's dude. It's it's been freaking like. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us and I, and I was even speaking with Jared yesterday was just like, okay, so you got, you know, you, you got some mojo, you got, you got a brand, they kind of meet, but like still at the end of the day, you get, a, you get one chance to sort of make that first impression. Right. They're not, I mean, they might buy two six packs of crappy beer, but at the end of the day, the, 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 the it's going to wear off, you know? So, um, yeah, these guys at Coronado Brewing Company, um, dude, I'm like, last time I went out there, they were like, you guys got third place in some, like, crazy, like, so, but the point being is we were just like, hey, listen, like, we understand that it's going to have a quick run, and it might do good for six to eight months, but, like, if this is a really good drinking beer along with boat beer, and salty crew like this this could have some legs so i think we sort of went at it you know um because we've seen other brands and other um companies sort of go at it with the allure of the name and less the the taste so we sort of went at it with like a quality let's just go quality and um so they, they've been able to pull that off so i think i think less the salty crew side of it and the boat beer and that's all good but it, it's it's a good product you know so how how often are you on the water fishing? Um, I last time I was out was when I was in the Bahamas, and so we were on the water for like two days, fishing pretty hard, you know. But so, so you're not out, you're not out there in Florida gunning fishing like getting your fish days in. Well, I mean that it's endless. Um, that that door and there's there's someone always there because the commercial guys are always going out and they got it they're they're doing it for a living so it's more like hitting the e-brake in this season and hanging out with my kids you know when the door opens up then i just send out the text and i go out um and then if if i'm not going out i'm just hitting up the boys and i'm just getting the, the fruits of their labor really do you enjoy do you, do you enjoy the the process of killing the animal? Because I spoke to Shane Dorian about it once when he kills deer, and he could and we just spoke about the process of the animal dying in his arms. Those beautiful deer eyes that are clouding over as um you know I guess as God descends and then just lifts him up the soul up to heaven and and stuff. But mm. um, do you enjoy the process of killing the fish when you get the little icky and put it behind its brain and and everything? Because it's the power of life and death. It's very exciting. Yeah, look, I mean, there's no, there's no place where you can sort of look at um, the cruelty of the world in the animal kingdom. Like, I mean, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good blueprint of, you know, of, of, of how cruel things are and, and can be. Um, and then the, the other side of that is just like, you know, the authority that we're over and the authority that we're under. Um, and, and I sort of go back to that, you know, like, um, which helps, helps align things. Um, and then, so yeah, man, I, I mean, for me, it, it would be like, some people are like, oh, just cook your own meal, right? So you cook your own meal, it tastes better, right? And then now take that another step further, go out, catch your own meal, and then cook it. So it's just, it's another, it's another, um, 
it's just it's just another enjoyment that goes further than cooking your food and it just it just feels better it tastes better like how good does a beer taste after you've d surfed all day right? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't drink beer because i don't get fat I'll have, I'll have a little vulcan water okay <laughs> maybe, so it tastes maybe, better, right? maybe a banana what about a solid tequila? My ass. Tequila, heck yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah, but <clears throat> can you hear this? That's the um, that's the carbonated Salento tequila opening. <laughs> Beach good edition tequila, carbonated. Yeah, I mean, and I go back to like you know, there's a, there's 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 a design in it. There's there's stuff that's baked in that sort of like opens up more senses that are just the, just the smell and the eyes and the sort of like the heart side of it of um you know killing something and then cooking it and it's basically just doing it with your own hands right like oh my gosh how good did that board ride that you shaped derek riley it was a dog but you <laughs> shaped it with your own hands and it rode so freaking good you told me <laughs> i actually did shape a board once uh, off a nev hyman um off a nev hyman uh, like a retro ripper and that's what I think that was the board. That's funny. I was thinking about it the other night. I think that's the board that got me stuck on shapes that, that shifted my stance about four inches forward and fucked me for life. Yeah, that's because your heart was saying like, like I do it with my own hands. Okay, so that's been a gr so great example of it is that is like, we're at home, right? I should be able to fix everything that's going on in my house, right? I can't do it. And it hurts. It like really hurts. I'm like, I should know how to do this stuff. Like, this is part of this is a kingdom. God, you've given me this. I should be able to have some sort of dominion over it, not over me. You know, but God also gave you a no interest credit card. So which you he can, did, which you can give to people to, to fix stuff. Yeah, that that's true too. But there's, there's another, there's a, I can go down and buy fish at the freaking, you know, at, um, at the local place too. But you know what I'm saying? There's, there's a point that, yeah. Where do you, you draw the line on yeah. home repair? What, what do you refuse to, to mess with um for me in florida it's like the ac unit you know it's like uh, ac that's it when that goes you're just like like people are getting they're 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 cross-eyed at you they're just like <laughs> the ac is a shrine in florida isn't it it's oh yeah in the house <laughs> everyone's, everyone's worshiping at the at the shrine of ac <laughs> Please, That's it's 24 true. more hours. Just get me through the night. Just get me through the night, AC. Hitachi, I love you. <laughs> true story. <laughs> uh, back, back to killing animals. I think it's the most noble thing, um, or one of the most noble things on earth, is to kill your own food. It's the industrialization and the flippancy that which we eat meat and have other people kill animals for us. That's the, um, the great tragedy of humanity. But I think if you can kill an animal, whether it's a fucking cow or a deer or a fish, I think that's, uh, and, and to feed yourself and to feed your family, I think it's a very noble thing. Yeah, no, look, I mean, there's, you know, things get too big and everyone talks about agriculture being so big and, and, and a good way to, to fight that is to just tell everyone to go kill their own food, right? Um, you'll, it, the, <laughs> you'll scale it back, right? <laughs> I like to eat liberals. Now get my gun. Ooh, that tastes good. Oh, bro, that's what we're dealing with right now, man. You saw, I mean, you saw that crap. I went for a run this morning for, for it. You see that stuff, Chaz? Which one? Which yeah. one? The, the mod. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Man, that was disturbing, dude. I didn't I see did. it. Can you, um, can you tell me the story? Oof. That was disturbing. Dude. 
you want to take it? Yeah, away? I mean, I mean, basically, you know, one of uh, the guys, it's basically like a full lynching. This guy's running, nice neighborhood, black dude just running, and they, they, they box him in and, and they kill him. It's a full. Oh, that was, oh, that thing. Yeah. It took two months. Had to go on social media before the uh, authorities did anything. It's funny. It was, the, it, was the, it was the one time during this whole coronavirus thing where I've been happy about the mob. Like the mob literally made oh that happen God, or man. made them get arrested, I guess. But yeah, without that, they, they were just walking free for two months. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's a cruel, it's a cruel, cruel world, man. And that was, that disturbed. It, I don't care what, I don't care. You, you were very disturbed by watching that video. Like very. It was... You, it, it was was, the, was there a protest today in Orlando? Did you see him? No, there was no protest, but I went for a run early this morning and there was a bunch of crew out with white shirts running. Like it, it, people oh, were. Oh, yeah, the like, run for a mob thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I know, look, I know it's a small token and all those things, but it's just like, you know, we got to get back to the stuff that, that, that matters, man. And, 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 um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you were talking about only, you know, <laughs> no, you, I know you're can, you can keep talking about that. Cause it's pretty interesting. Cause watching it was like a scene from the fifties the or the thirties and you know, mm. you know, a black man running. Cause you know, there's been a whole lot of other things that have, um, you know, like, um, what's that guy's name? Jesse small or smally just, or, you know, the guy who uh, fabricated the, uh, the magazine. That's it. Yeah. Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. That's it. And there's things like that which you know obviously fabrications but this this seems like some real shit and uh but people are effectively getting lynched in 2020 in georgia it's extraordinary yeah, in broad daylight and, and yeah. like yeah and 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 uh yeah i would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that dang kids i mean they would have literally gotten away with it if it wasn't for the video and the social uproar that it caused yeah, so I was, we, I'd asked a question even on my run with, with a couple of the guys I was with. I was like, okay, how did that video, so the, the guy that was essentially, you know, uh, up for manslaughter, really, because he was, you know, part of that. Had that kid turned around, that guy probably would have shot him, you know? Right. Um, so how did that guy's video get online? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think if you're videoing that stuff, it had to be some kind of, like, just no, I mean, I'm sure they do it. They had to have passed it around, right? It's like, a, oh yeah. So okay, he texted it to his buddy. Precisely, one person, and then it's seals broken, right? And then who knows? That's what I, I mean. I have no idea, no real insight. But I, I'm assuming if you video something like that, you don't video it to never show it. Like you videoed it to show it to your buddies, right? And then yeah. then it's came over at that point and you look they they i mean and look they clearly thought they were above the law in every shape fashion and form and they were just yeah i mean that was as evil as it comes man it was it was, it was nuts but but yeah hopefully there's 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 some justice in that and you know um uh yeah that's a, that's a bit of a bus kill isn't it yeah it was <laughs> i think i sort of got on that um Hey, what about um, in, in your movie, And Two If By Sea, which, um, which is, uh, you know, I only watched it a few nights ago and, and Chaz saw it at the Florida Film Festival. It was, it. Um, it was, yeah, it was so different to all the other, uh, you know, surf docos and it had, uh, you know, Daniel Tosh, the comedian doing the, um, doing the narration. And there's, and there's a whole bunch of elements about it that are really strong. But I loved how 
savage hustlers you were. And, that, and there's that heat in the Azores with uh, brother. And uh, brother does a, uh, a little fin throw and uh, gets an 8.5 or something. And you're screaming at the judges. And then you do a big, uh, a big wheelie air and uh, <laughs> get in line. But um, I, never, I never knew you were such a savage because you were so pleasant on land. Um, you know, you know what, dude, like when I was like 14 or 15 years old, I went to Guadalupe and it was like towards the back end of the year. Like, I'm just like walking into like the first contest. Hey, let's just go do a pro contest, whatever. And it's like John Shamuka, Sonny Garcia, Shane Werner, and all these guys need to qualify. And dude, they just went loony bin on me. Like every heat I made, it was just, they would freak out on me. And so like, that was my sort of first introduction. And then I went into like, you know, Mick Campbell, like, let's go. And I'm like, all right. So that was, that was, you got to understand, like, that is what I was introduced to. What did, like, what, what did Mick Campbell do to you? Cause I know he belted Andy after um, hitting uh... Huntington. No, it was no, it was no, like, it was no, no, nothing was thrown. But I remember that first, he, or one of my first heats with Mick uh, Campbell out of Chopu. And he was like, you know, he was finishing top five in the world, like, you know, consistently at that point. And I, and what I, I mean, I took it as a point of weakness, like this guy can't beat me out there. So he's going to try to rattle me. And I'm like, dude, these guys have been trying to rattle me on land forever. Right. And so, like, for me, it was just, like, that's how, I, that's how I learned, not only from freaking out on my brother, but then people freaked out on me. And then when we got to land, it was pretty cool. So that's, I mean, between my brother and everyone else that I sort of learned from growing up, I, I was just like, oh, that, that's how I operate, you know? Do you think um, there's the same level of, like, uh, gamesmanship in today's gentler, kinder, kinder WSL? I think... I think there, I think is some of it exists, but it's just, it's, it's harder. And the cool thing is like, as I sort of got towards the end, like people like appreciated it. It was weird. Sure. People, like, people appreciated it. And um, it was funny. Cause I remember I had a heat at sunset and um, I remember early on in my career, I, you know, definitely I would try to single out someone that looks like, they were, they were trying to find their way. And I remember I was in Fernando and I could, and I could feel Jetson was sort of feeling the weight of like, I'm living my dream now, but everyone's just writing me off. Um, and I remember me, Damon and Yadin were on the beach and I was like, Jetty, come over, you know? And we were just like, dude, Jetty, man, we love you, bro. Like you got it. Like all you gotta do is just block out the noise bring the passion, show the love over a period of time. This is a long game. You'll win them over. Like you can't win the crowd over. You can't freaking go to, you know, um, gladiator. Like you can't win that crowd over in one fight. Like it's the long game. You know, we bring these and sort of like, you know, just, just show them some love, but it was funny. So, and then out at sunset, it was a four-man heat, and I think me and Jetty were just – we wanted to make this heat really bad for whatever, for whatever reason, qualifying or whatever. And then we just started going at it, right? And we're just pulling out all the tricks in the book, and I was just like, Jetty, you remember who fucking loved you before anyone loved you? Remember who gave you a seat at the table before anyone would? You know, and, like, we, we were just – 
throwing stuff out. We were just going at each other. But then we got to the beach and we're like, dude, yeah, I was like, you haven't lost a jetty. And he's like, you haven't lost it either. And I was like, cool, man. I was like, you know, I still love you. <laughs> what, did, what sort of things was Jetson saying to you? Oh, you just dumb American. You just want to make this heat. You just want to screw everyone over, you know, just whatever. <laughs> it wasn't true, but you, I mean, you just tried to go there, right? Just rattle the cage. Were, so, you, were you excited when um, Zeke monstered John John at Bells? Did you watch that and go, yes, you're really inside his head right now? I mean, it worked, right? So it's, you, can't, you can't bag it if it works. I like the buildup. You know, I thought he started early with, I just thought he started early, right? I like the sparring game. I like feeling the opponent out. And I like, I like the buildup. I just thought it was like, and I can't say I haven't done that before. I did that to Parco out at Bell's. And I don't know if we've ever recovered. He was always a lot better friends with my brother. Um, what did you do to Parco? What's that? What did you do to Parco? I just was like, listen, if it's a 30-minute heat, he beats me. If it's a 25-minute heat, he beats me. Waves are pumping. They're pretty good. If it's a 15-minute heat, well, I stand a little bit better of a chance. If it's a 10-minute heat, if I can get this thing down to a five-minute heat, it's anyone's game. And he'd like to have the first wave because he could make the wave better than I could on my backhand. And I kept him up there for like five minutes. And he was – he was, and um, I thought he beat me. He got a score right at the end. Um, and so I don't, I, want, I don't want to approach this situation like I haven't done that before because I have started early. But starting early, I'm not a huge fan of. I like the build-up. So what, what, what sort of things, sorry, sorry Chaz, but what sort of things was Parko saying to you when you were just obviously paddling him up the point? It, well, there wasn't a lot of words at that point. It, it was just like, I know what you're doing, and I'll, I'll still be you at your own game. So it was sort of, um, it, there was, it wasn't a, a verbal altercation at that point. It was, you know, and he got me. Yeah, he got me. So whose who's extracurricular game do you appreciate most of the current tour surfers? Like not their surfing specifically, but the way they play the game, the, oh the sparring. God. Dude, Gabriel Medina. There's, there's no, you can't find anyone better. You cannot find anyone better. And it's reason why, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I stopped doing the tour. I'd have the best seat of my life and the guy would still beat me and I would try every trick in the book and I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I can't get out of here quick enough. He's, this guy is, every box is checked, you know? Um, but yeah, so. What about a pot though when uh, Italo got him on that, uh, that back door? I was so shocked when I saw that. The wave came in, and uh, and Italo got him and uh, got that sick backdoor backdoor tube, and that and that just defined the whole uh, final of pipe, and you know, and Italo obviously won the world title. Yeah, I mean that was a bit of a microcosm right there, and you got to do those things. You got to be willing to take that same risk that he's going to take, and be okay with the outcome. But dude, Italo still had to fight his freaking butt off for that final. It wasn't like, yeah, that was it. That was the that was the nail in the coffin. That was. That was just one of about 10 other freaking haymakers he had to land to get that in the back. And that's just, that's just what it takes. So if you had a hate against uh, Gabrielle, what would be your strategy? 
I don't know, dude. Honestly, man, that's why I quit. I said that's why I quit. But <laughs> you're a smart man. Dude, yeah, I, I don't. You know what? Here's what I would do. I'd catch him later in his career. I'd catch him later in his career. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like in, in 10 years' time or something? No, like he's starting to be more human and he's starting to get to a point of his life where like things matter more than surfing or things matter more than if I don't make, cause there's a point when you're younger where you're like, if I don't make this heat, no one likes me. Bills don't get paid. Everyone that traveled with me doesn't get to eat. Like, so I would face him at that point of his life. And it, that, that there was no recipe for that. And then, would you, so would you, that, it in? would you be out there that, saying, Hey, when I beat you tonight or today, Gabe, your traveling policy is not going to eat. Your wife's <laughs> probably going to leave you. I, uh, I needed you as the coach. Jazz, where were you? I needed you as a coach, man. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I gave him everything I had, and he would still come out on top. And I was just like, this is it. This is – this day will come. The tide's coming on in. Time to leave the beach, you know. <laughs> I think one of the greatest examples of, of the early game that you're talking about was Kelly's, Kelly before his heat against Felipe at uh, Caramas. He knew it was going to be four foot. And there's no way Kelly's going to beat Felipe at four foot Caramas. And then for the, for the one or two days prior to it, Kelly was just trash talking on Instagram. And it was amazing. He just got so fucking deep into Felipe's head that he got him. And Kelly beat Felipe at four foot Caramas. It was extraordinary. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And I remember the trash talking because it kind of, like people had teed it up. Because you got to remember, that's when WSL was like, all right, we're going to like, whatever good match is in this round, we're just going to highlight that match. And that's going to be the heat, right? So people teed that, that heat up. And the, what's so beautiful about Kelly is he will take the bait sometimes. And so he took the bait, but then not only you take it, he sort of ran with it, right? And then he's, I, I think he started seeing like, okay, this maybe could be a good thing, right? And then um, as the, you know, everything aligned up, it was like, wow. And then, you know, he came out smelling like roses and he was like, okay, this is the MO. I'm going to stick that M up, you know, sort of, sort of stay with that. And, uh, it was, it, Hey, it ended up working that time. And for sure. Cause Kelly's the hardest man on earth to get on a telephone or, uh, or, or whatever. And, uh, the fact that he, um, you know, deliberately did pieces to camera, say he was going to beat Felipe. It was, it was extraordinary. I think he was, but he was, he was digging at that time. He definitely was at a point where he was like, I got to throw something different at the wall and I'm not sure what it is. And I don't know what I need to change, but if it's smack talking, then let me, let me try that as well. So I think it was, I think there was, you know, it was good timing for that for sure. Do you have any uh, memorable hits against Kelly? Um, which I mean, I've been on the receiving end of so many times. Like I always wanted to win Fiji and the guy, I think it was like two or three times the guys beat me in the final at Fiji. And um, so, but I got him at Karamas one time. And, and, um, and uh, I was talking to him uh, before the heat, like talking to him, all that good stuff. Um, what were you saying? What's, what's the specific things were you saying? The waves are good. Um, I remember I was trying to think of what he was going to say and sort of like 
because it was small talk and it, you know, I knew it was going to maybe go to Florida or how the waves were. And I remember I was trying to like, guess what he was going to sort of talk about or script it and then sort of try to like beat him to the punch, you know, like, Oh, how's Florida been like sort of guessing, like he was going to say that to me sort of deal. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I just was sort of like trying to be talkative and sort of use the same sort of scripting that he might use, you know, is what so, so, so friendly chats get sort of friendly chatter. Get yeah, friendly chatter in the same, you know, sort of genre that he was going to sort of go to is, is where is what is where it was at. Did he, did he appear confused when you started talking about um, Florida and, and that you'd gotten to his head, that you'd gotten to his script? So this, uh, going, this guy is inside yeah, my head. No, yeah, I mean, I think that was, if it was, a, if it was anything, it was maybe 1% of the equation. It wasn't much of the equation, but a little bit. What about, um, and what about, um, just, and this is the last thing I'll ask you about your fucking savage Hasley. When you and Damo had that um, beautiful piece of theater at Bell's together and everyone was laughing, the commentators were laughing, everyone at home's laughing, you guys are just mouthing off at each other. What, what possible insults could you throw at your twin or what possible insults could your twin throw at you? Because you can't say, yeah, your, well, your mum is so fast, she fought down gravy for her leg, your daddy, he unemployed, he on the welfare. And you're going, shit, that's my mum and dad too. <laughs> Well, you know, when, when it's your brother, it's just, there's, there's like, if you're going to fight your brother, there's a way that, that is understood that you're going to fight, right? You, you can't kick in the nuts. You know, if, other, if one person falls down, you let them stand back up and then you start throwing again. So there is a, there's a way that we had, had, had understood of how you were supposed to play the game, right? And there was a point where either he thought I overstepped that boundary or I thought he overstepped that boundary. And then that's what started it. And it was like, you know, that's super disrespectful. You know, you're an effing piece of crap and you don't play that game. I don't play that game. You know, you're willing to do anything you want to win. That's a sign of weakness. You know, you little SOB. And that's just what it sort of starts it. It's, it's, it's more of a respect thing and a, under, and a sort of understanding that's, that's unknown that you just play by these rules. And the second one person thought the other person overstepped that boundary, then that just started that snowball. And then that just sort of kept going on for like the last 10 minutes of that heat, you know. But it brought us back to kids. Like for us, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like how we acted when we were kids. Like, and we tried to really hide that from surfing and we really tried to hide that because we thought it was disrespectful to other people. We thought it was disrespectful to surfing, but whatever, we were caught with our guard down and we sort of let, let it, let that hang out a little more than we normally would. And, um, but it reminded us being kids. Yeah. But, but who, who broke the unwritten rule? Was it you or, or Damo? I don't remember. I think, it, I think it was you. That's why you can't, that's why you're pretending you can't remember. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a good point. I probably had like pouted around him or, or did something that was like, yeah, you don't play that. You don't do that. Um, but um, of the, of the brother relationships on tour, uh, do you have like, 
I don't know, a sympathy, I guess, for the Andy and Bruce dynamic, or I mean, Derek, who are the other great brother combos on tour? The Nick Carroll and Tom Carroll dynamic. Yeah, that, that's the best dynamic because Nick never got on tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. so sad about it. What other brothers are there? I mean, is there is there only the Hobgoods and Andy and there's gotta that's be more than that, right? Oh, the Lopez brothers. Oh, the Lopez's, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Lopez. and Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you guys look, you guys were, you guys are looking at it from the outside. So it's a little bit easier. I mean, Michael and Derek sort of still see that sort of happening. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, honestly, for me, like I would, I had to, a big part of my understanding and in, in, in career was like, I had to search out people's stories, you know? Like, I remember I had to go up to Tom, like, I was like, if I was, if I was sitting there and I was thinking like, I'm better than somebody or like, this guy sucks or like, God, I could beat this guy on an off day. Right. I would go, oh my gosh, like, that's a really bad place for me to be. And I need to go see that. I need to go hear this guy's story. Right. And I remember um, one time I was in Azores and I was like, oh, Tom, Thomas, um, and uh, Thomas Hermes, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And I'm like, dude, what have you been up to? Where you been? Like, just tell me your story. And he's like, oh man, I had really, I had some heart problems I had to deal with. And, um, and I remember Idolo too, early, early on, like his first year on tour. And I'm like, dude, where you been? We were all on the Gold Coast. And now we're at Bells and no one's seen you. Like, where have you been? Like, what's your story? What's going on? Um, and he's like, oh man, I was in, I think he said he was in Byron Bay learning English. And I was like, okay, this guy's in it for the long haul, you know, oh, like, fuck, he should suck his teacher. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> seriously, Stokey. Um, and then, yeah. So I just sort of took like a real keen eye on like of, of anyone that I just had to get to their story. You know, like what is this guy dealing with? What is this guy overcoming? So I can really respect and appreciate him. Um, and that's, that's sort of where I was going to a, a lot of times. Was that to was respect? There that, was, that had no, a complete lack of, like, lost your respect, had so little to offer that you thought, okay, there's, there's nothing here, Brother Andino, looking at you. Just kidding. Wait, say that again? Like, I didn't hear the first. <laughs> was there anybody that you went that you really thought, okay, I'm going to go deep with this person and expect to get something out of them? And there was just, it was just a flat line. There was just nothing. They literally were as shallow as they appeared. Dude, I remember uh, Rain and Roca. Um, I mean, this was pretty far, long time ago. And I was just like, I got to get something from this guy. Like, this guy has to tell me something that I can just, like, give me anything. Dude, he would never give me anything. Um, granted, I was a young punk, so I don't, he, he didn't owe me anything. Um, but yeah, there were just some of the older guys that like you couldn't get anything from them, you know. I just wanted to hear an endearing story that could meet that could like that could make me feel this guy was like a real, real human that was like dealing with some real challenges in his life because that's what I needed. I needed to taste that blood to get me like really engaged a lot of times. So you needed to re respect the person as a human so you wouldn't underrate them in the surf. Absolutely. So I was like, this guy's going to give me everything he's got. He's overcome these challenges in his life. Of course, he's going to be able to overcome me if I don't, if I don't you know, really buckle down here. So that thought you were being nice, but you're just purely looking for an uh, angle on how to beat him. God, you're fucking cruel. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this might be the most cruel bit of gamesmanship I've ever heard in my life right here. <laughs> hey, uh, Lo, tell me a nice story. Oh, <laughs> I'm plotting your downfall. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the. Um... But yeah, speaking of storylines, like like Chaz, where are we at with the? Um with the whole WSL and where you, where are you guys like, where, where are you guys at with the, this, this new sort of thing? And no, I'm interested to hear like what sort of revelations maybe you have or haven't come up with or storylines or. Well, one, one that I heard today, which was not WSL related. I mean, I think the WSL is personally, I don't know how they do it. Right. Like, I don't know how they, I like the new tour changes and all that. Do you like it? You like it. New right. format changes? Uh, I mean... Either? I think... Look, I, I, I'm... It's probably... Uh, the best example I could give to you, it's like, it feels like early in the coronavirus, right? Where you're just like, nah, maybe I won't go surf. For, maybe I'll just shelter at home for the first two weeks. And then you're just like, nah, dude, I'm going surfing. You know, like, I wanna, like I'm ready to go eat at a restaurant. So, like, I, I am on the fence, you know? Um, but I, what I had the most trouble with was like, if I sat here and told you that we're going to sort of just open source this thing, right? Like whatever sure. people want to do, we're going to open source it. But then a second later, I told you, I just talked to everyone and they're super on board. Like, wouldn't you be confused? Would you be confused by that? I'm confused by myself. I'd be confused. <laughs> It all, well, it all feels. <laughs> well, out of one side of my mouth, they told you we're going to do what everyone wants to do. But then I'm, then I, now, now the second sentence, I'm pushing agenda of like, yeah, but everyone wants to do this. Well, there's, there's a great, if, there's a great if, comment on um, BeachGrid this morning from this guy who had translated a um, interview that Gabriella had done in Portuguese. Dude, he sent I'm it to me that. too. Oh, really? Yeah, he sent it to me too. And he was like, listen, I don't know enough. And, uh, you know, it, the crew hasn't talked to me that much. And, I mean, so as far as like, I don't really know much about it, so I'm over it. Yeah, so he said that, you know, let me give you the scenario. Let's say I won five events and got two second places, and then I win by a huge difference. But I have to wait for the last event to know who will be second, third, and fourth and surf one final heat when I'm many points ahead. I find it very unfair. Yeah, I, I think... That's... Sorry, Chaz, go. I mean, I was... Uh, your opinion is what matters here, but I just think anybody who looks at Eric Logan and thinks they're getting a straight story and a real honest, honest take on something, there's no agenda, is a crazy person. Like Eric Logan's face is the face of deception and corporate deviancy. <laughs> and, and look, that's that's where I went to. I just went to like, okay, at the end of the day, like any relationship is built on trust and respect, and I'm just going like. I wonder how much of the population just after, just trust what this guy is saying right now, you know? And I just felt like, and look, I mean, regardless of why I think I'm no authority on this thing, like I'm like you guys, I'm just like a fan. And, and so there's no, there's not like any authority there. And I'm not like trying to like, I was just going like, exactly what you said. Like, do people trust? I mean, if I sat here and told you, Derek, every time I answered one of your questions that I was, being super transparent with you and uh, like, give me the hard questions. I want to lean into them. Like you'd be like, what's wrong with CJ? Like <laughs> he lost his mind over there. Like, 
doesn't he just tell the doesn't he just tell the truth like without saying those other things sort of deal but your tra- your, your transparency your transparency and your opaqueness is uh is very attractive you know in the movie where you have that um that that great segment where you know you talk about break up with your marriage and you're at chopu and you talk about the wages of of sin and death and so you have this I mean, uh, I was say that. that's the best part of the whole movie right there like cj's the breakup of your marriage because i mean i don't know what percentage of men have broken their marriage up but i would imagine i mean it's 100 percent of the men here uh hearing that like dealt with in a real way was i love that that would mean that was my favorite part of the movie you you know what my you know what and maybe it's not a problem but um and even even my wife now she's just like dude you were like you're too honest. Like, just don't, you don't need to say, just, you don't need to open your mouth about that. Like the, the attraction, like for me, the attraction of being free and like the, like for me, the only way that I can understand being free is to just totally expose everything about me. So like, there's a weight that happens with me where I want to get like, like every failure, everything like off of me because I, I feel the love back and, and like that's the way I understand freedom. So that's, and, and it, it's kind of, I mean, this ha- it's not something that happens overnight, but like for me, it was just like, I want to be free. I want to be free in this world. And that's what fights off the, you know, the, the world or the depression or feeling super lonely or feeling like just things that every human feels. Um, and I think the fruit of freedom is always um, a, a, a been a proponent of me just going like, I got to do it. I got to face this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I got to face it sort of deal, you know? What about the transference of guilt? I've always been of the mindset that you do something like you, you cheat on your wife and something. Living with that guilt is the, is the cost of the... Uh, of you know what you did but when you uh, when you admit it then you take that weight of yourself but you and you talk about it in the movie too but you take the weight of yourself and you give it to someone else this, this heavy baggage that they have to deal with yeah i mean and, and one of my favorite honestly one of my favorite lines and i think people could understand that you know just how strong and resilient beautiful women are in general is you heard my ex-wife say like i didn't want people to know this about him I didn't want people to know this about this guy, you know? So when that baggage and everything was handed to her, her first reaction was to protect the other person. Like, I don't want, you know, even if, even if we're apart, like, I don't want people to know this about you. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that was, that was a, 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 a window into just how, you know, wonderful women really are like way bigger than we give them credit for ever. Did you get anything thrown at you? I had a, I had a candle thrown at me, just whisked by my head, this big fucking scented candle went flying into the wall next to me, smashing <laughs> wax everywhere. <laughs> Honestly would have, uh, would have knocked me out. Did you have anything thrown at you? You must've had something thrown at you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was more, it was, it was just, it was, uh, it was tougher than that. I mean, it was, it was just like, you get home, they're moved out and you know, it's a friend, you know, and it's, it's just, and and look, that's, 
that's that's okay. That's that's what happens, you know. It um I I feel I guess what I'm saying is like I think a candle out of my head would have been easier. <laughs> what about what about the palace on the canal you had? The palace on the water used to have. We did a uh, photo shoot years ago for Stab of uh, of you and Rachel in that beautiful house. That was a uh, that was quite a piece. That thing that was like um, Andy's Hanalei bomber in its magnificence. Yeah, that's normally that's Versailles, right? That's normally um, that's when that's when the, that's when the fall starts to happen, you know. Um, didn't you buy it from Usher or something? No, we, we ended up building it and I think I was in it for two months. I think we owned it for maybe six months before we ended up selling it. It was like, yeah. Like or, did I, said, or did Usher or Jay-Z buy it from you? I can't remember. Usher or Jay-Z. Oh, God, God. <laughs> yeah. I got you, CJ. I got you. Yeah, I probably, it looks like I got it from Usher. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, Chaz, when you broke up with your wife, did she throw anything at you? I got a bottle of uh, bottle of wine at the head. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Well, like uh, it was probably empty, uh, but I would imagine probably probably the same weight and density as a scent- scented candle. And did it, did it hit you in the head? No, I I yeah, but that would that would have done me a good one too. I got hit with a couple things. I mean, early early on, uh, there was a bar- a hail of books and all kinds of stuff that but is that yeah. me did i did i film books at you it might have been you oh, okay <laughs> Chaz's ex-wife hey did she did she physically assault you Chaz? did she did she punch oh, yeah. you oh yeah how do they not right how do you how do you restrain um a woman who's um, just going on the warpath on you and she's attacking you i mean i i chose the uh turtle stance of just like inward fetal position that's a good i was thinking fetal position yeah yeah it's just like let them land and i actually i think at that point when the when the real barrage was coming i thought i deserve all of this so i think i stood just open and just just sucked it all in (laughs) 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 time it's lucky we were married to richie vass or something huh i would have been done richie vass would have oh man but me and Richie Vass's wedding would have been beautiful. I feel Richie in a nice flowing gown. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe I should get married to Richie Vass. Do you remember that fight you had with him uh, when yeah. we did that story for Stab, and you and you he lost his shoulder? Such a gentle, lovely man to me. He could have. He literally could have killed me in like eight seconds. And he, he, he probably got you in a bit. But he was, he, you, uh, you asked him not to go easy on you, though, huh? No, I said go. I said I'm go like. Show me what this feels like. Give me a real crack. And I think he was so, I, I mean, once I threw my shoulder out, I disgusted everyone in the entire room. Remember his trainer almost puking, like <laughs> bent over the ropes, uh, green faced. And Richie was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, so the fact that I could gross them all out with my disgusting shoulder, I felt like uh, Bruce Willis and Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, we were actually on a run this morning talking about, um, if you're going to get into fights, you've been, you've been smashed many times. And we were, uh, we were sort of going through the, oh man, times we got cold cock, times we got freaking just laid out. <laughs> Is that a Florida thing? Cause I used to live on the Gold Coast where I used to get beaten up semi-regularly, probably once a year I'd get beaten up and uh, mostly by chicks. But is that a, is that a Florida thing? You get, you get, there's a few fights around it. 
I mean, I think it was more just a, um, a thing that happened everywhere. If you're like, oh, hey, after school, we're going to meet here, you know, um, show up, you know, sort of deal. I, I don't know. If, I don't think it's a Florida thing. I just thought that was like, that's how people, that's how people, you know. Definitely an Oregon thing. It might be a, a American trash thing. Yeah, I mean, it was. Is there schoolyard fights in in the French school in? Maroon no, that 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 is spit insults at each other. <laughs> <laughs> your baguette is undercooked. Your mother doesn't. Your mother doesn't serve dessert. But uh, yeah, I mean, those were the good days, right? You, I mean, people would live through that. I mean, rarely people oh. died when they got in a fight at the after school, right? So. I remember. I remember when I lived on the Gold Coast. I had a girlfriend. And uh, she was so psycho that we were out one night. She was pissed off about something, drunk. And she started headbutting the, the road, like totally headbutting the road. Really, yeah, really hard. And so she had black eyes and bleeding. And then, and then a bunch of undercover cops stopped. Oh, my gosh. And it looked like I'd beaten the shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're in, we're in this car with undercover cops. And they're all dressed up in like comical... Um, gay uniforms you know leather pants and and uh, and vests and shit and because back then when homosexuality was illegal in in the great state of queensland and so they picked us up and we're in the car and i'm thinking oh i'm fucked because you know cops cops are like um georgia anti anti-jogging people that was to shoot you down in the back and um and they said oh, i'll give you guys a ride home and i'm just shitting myself and they stopped off at the service station to get some fuel and uh, and I said, hey, hey, do you guys want a drink each? <laughs> Trying to ingratiate myself, just looking like the world's guiltiest party. And I oh went and God. I went inside to get a drink and whatever. And I came back out, and then nothing happened. I got dropped off home. And then um, later in bed, my girlfriend at the time, you know, black eyes and shit. She just she just she said the guy said to him, do you want, do you want us to fuck that guy up for you? And I was so and I was so close. But even in her psychotic state, she uh, she she saved my life. Yeah, wow. seriously, dude. I don't know how you walked away from that, man. Wow. <laughs> oh, it was a close call. That was that was prior. That was pre Me Too movement, right there. Oh yeah, and that yeah, as I said, that was when um, homosexuality was gay in the great state of Queensland. Mm. So they used to get all the beats in uh, Corumban and hang out and um, <clears throat> and arrest people for um, finding love. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while, while we got you CJ we do have to talk about your 2001 world title because there is the very very unlikely prospect of a 2020 world champion and if they do it'll be a similar scenario to you you got, you got 9-11 and uh, whoever would get it this year which I don't think is going to happen but theoretically they could be coveted and um, so yeah talk to me about your uh, your title with the you know with the asterisk does it have an asterisk to you or well, I mean, two different, like, what, what I think the what, we'll talk about my story, but let's just talk about, like, I think, like, what I think maybe could be a good solution is to, instead of, like, for the WSL, instead of approaching this, like, hey, we're going to do it this way, and we want to get to this moment, like, what's wrong with just going, like, hey, let's just see what title fights look like, right? Let's just see what title bouts look like. We know it's going to be harder to get going, like getting 32 people together um, in some place. So let's see if we can get like eight people together or six people together. And let's see what a title fight looks like. And let's see what we can give them. And let's just see what that looks like. 
and then you can sort of organically open source it then and sort of have a couple more title fights throughout this year and then sort of see where that goes and maybe hybrid that into a world title for next year, you know, and just sort of like leave it at that instead of just sort of like, I don't know. And, and, and so that's kind of where I was thinking that maybe the, the, the two places, the place that people's trying to get to um, maybe could happen, you know, but uh, as far as me and my story goes, was just like, the hardest thing was like, it was, it was me, it was happening to me, it was my story, and I had to figure out how to come to grips with it, and I had to figure out how to come to grips with what had happened to me, which is a really good thing, it was a great thing. I've been able to have so much benefit from me from winning that title. So don't, don't get that confused with anything. Um, but I still had to figure out how to digest and live with that. And I was able to live with it easier and it fit really good when I just, when it fit me as the sense of like, Hey, it's not a, for me, it wasn't a full world title. And for me, it wasn't these things. But like, if you came up to me and Riley and you were like, dude, freak that you won that thing. You want it fair and square. I'm not going to sit there and give you a full flat tire. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But just because you say that to, to me doesn't mean I just, you know, automatically take on that story and, and, and I live in that just, you know, sort of fakishly or um, even if it doesn't fit really well. I just, I was like, that's what fit for me. And that's, that's, that's how I lived. And that's how it fit the best. And that's still how it fits the best. I guess it could be argued too that um, those couple of those late '90s titles and early 2000 titles without Kelly on the tour could be um, could be marked with an asterisk as well. I don't think so. I think I was around then. I don't think so. No, you don't think but, if Kelly was there for some of those world titles, maybe Sunny in '99, whatever, that um, uh, the result would have been different. You know, Aki, Sunny. I mean, Aki and Sunny seem like full on. Love them. Yeah, I think, I think the hardest part for me was how bad I did at Sunset. You know, it was the last contest of the year, and it was just like, this is where it all means everything. And so, like, understanding the pressure cooker moment and not doing anything in that moment was why it was why I had to that, – that's how I digested it, you know? How did you nosedive on that, um, that big burger that you, on that, in your heat? You know, when you lost oh. that heat early in the contest? You look like me out there at sunset, mate. You look, like oh, me, you look like me surfing switch at sunset. Seriously, the that that what the the story in that moment is I'm in the lead, but Miles only needs like a one, right? And I'm like, oh, if he gets this way. Basically, I started paddling, and once I made my first two moves for that crappy wave, I could see the next wave over my shoulder. I'm basically, it's not really the drop in at that point. It's me sort of signaling defeat because I was like, I should have let him go on that wave and he would have got the score and I would have got a good score behind it. So it was me just in a moment of defeat before it's over. Because he was on the next wave. And Damo famously, you know, as as everyone started losing, uh, as losing their heats, Damo famously stayed to surf pipe and uh, didn't didn't, uh, go to sunset with you to watch uh, watch you win win the title, huh? Yeah, and um, and funny thing is, he did it in Japan too. I was like in the quarterfinals, 
And um, I think he, I beat him in the quarterfinals in Japan. And he could have stayed there. And I ended up winning the contest and he took off to the airport. And, um, and then later on, um, maybe a month or so down the road, he, uh, he had called me and he's like, you know what? I did it again, man. I did it again. I should have stayed there and cheered you on, but I did it again. And I was like, um, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? So <laughs> that was his theme, dude. That was his theme. <laughs> <laughs> God, God bless Damo. How's he doing? He's a strong kid, man. I'll tell you what, he's a lot stronger than, than, um, uh, yeah, he's been resilient, man. He's definitely been resilient. Uh, I mean, there's, he's doing good. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some, you know, you'd have to ask him. I definitely think there's a, there's a cool part of his story, um, prior retiring that, that is, um, that's really cool and can, can be healing for, for, for a lot of other people when, when he's ready, obviously. Do you think that Damo tried to live off his looks? Cause he, he was obviously the more handsome of the two. And um, so, so when, uh, when you, <laughs> so when you qualified in whatever year it was, 1983 or something, and, um, and he didn't qualify and, uh, and then you won the world title and everything. And do you think he was just resting on his good looks? Um, he didn't yeah. have to try as hard, you know. Everything came to him, girls, sponsors, everything. You, <laughs> you're the ugly baby. Ever, being a Florida thing, I just, I don't know if anyone ever thinks that as a, a guy thinks they look good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know, Derek. I'd be, I'd tell you if it was <laughs> true. <laughs> Were you surprised how, um, how, you know, in your case, relatively handsome, and in Damo's case, extremely handsome, how well you turned out because you were such ugly babies, weren't you? There's that photo of you and oh, uh, we, were fat, dude, we were fat for so long. We had like chubbiest, like we're, I mean, we're still, if we don't watch our weight, we can still get up there pretty good. Um, but yeah, we were chubby, dude. We were doughy and that was, and we were ugly babies. Yeah, no, no, no denying that. Are you, getting, are you getting chubby in Orlando? No, I've been, um, I probably am best, best shape i've probably ever been dude i just uh, I put on my running shoes and just run circles yeah <laughs> if you're a black okay. man if you're a black man in Orlando, would you think twice about jogging in these dark times no i mean orlando's like really pretty open to anything <laughs> believe it or not i mean it's there's a uh, jesus there's do, you have a, do you have a wolf in there do you mate yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got we got liberals at the door. Couple tigers, but dude, I somebody mean, somebody moved yeah. the flaming cross. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I actually didn't realize um, Orlando, but I've I've lived here for the last four years. I mean, obviously a lot of beautiful people here, but um, there's a, um, you know, when when everything is allowed, sort of everything is allowed, you know. So there's definitely a, a, a dark side. Um, I mean, we got a, I got a guy that's been dealing math for the last three years, um, greenhouse, about two houses or three houses up, one house over. Um, and I got the, the drug enforcement on text and they, they, they work through, um, Uber, like Uber people pick them up. They work through all the, you know, grinders and tenders and, um, 
and it's just they they it's a drug for sex thing and it's 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 ugly you know um that sounds and, fabulous uh, you know you paint a pretty rosy picture over there yeah i mean these are you know th these are what is um, what does meth do for your, for your sex and i have no idea i've never done it obviously well, this, is, this is where you're being opaque isn't it <laughs> i mean uh yeah but i the, going back to the point is like yeah doing everything's allowed man everything's allowed and, and and you're gonna let stuff in and it's it you know you're gonna so i've sort of been um i've been learning uh but no i mean i i, I like it it's, it's it's a good spot but no but the point being is orlando is is different than um a lot of other of florida you know that maybe you would you would imagine the sort of the and tomorrow, um, and I know it's getting very dark. I can see in, in uh, Orlando there. See, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll let you. We'll, we'll let you go, and we'll wrap this up. But tell me, what's uh, what's tomorrow and the next day and the next five years looking like for the two thousand world one world uh, world champ asterisk? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I've I've um, look. I would tell you if I was you know struggling in areas, but I've I've been uh, I've been feeling really just like I, i've been excited about like i don't know how to put this but just life's tough right but i'm i'm excited about the the tough strenuous sort of life you know and um i get really filled up and and i love to just i love my kids and um i don't know i think i think what i'm trying to put into words is i'm just like I am, I am living like, I'm, I'm more stoked than I've ever been like about, about life. And, and I don't even know if I can even tell you why. <laughs> totally, you know, I mean, obviously I, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. Um, I love being a father. I finally understood about like, like, you know, these are these, these things have been given to me and I've got to like mature to be able to understand and accept these things. And so I don't know, sort of just being on this journey of like, even if it's just the, the older sort of like ancient path of doing things, I've just, it's, it's really brought, um, the, the symptoms have been really, really good and helpful for me. Did any of that make sense? I don't think any of that makes yes. sense. I mean, it made it to Chaz. Yeah. He's a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm a heathen busy with a fucking pentangle in my bedroom just burning shit and cats and Derek, still thinking about talking about? to that wild wild sex shack down the street from you <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'm googling early flights to orlando uh three <laughs> oh excuse me do you have any of that sex meth oh <laughs> uh, no uh, if you if you give it up you can get it for free i'm sure well, I'd, I'll just need to find some um, some hot tranny, get some meth, and I'll be uh, I'll be I'll, I'll be in heaven. That's my personal heaven. Mm. Chickies with the dickies. That's what I love. Oh, that's not really the ancient path, though, Riley. Oh, yeah, not they're sort of ancient, but it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, don't shit on my journey, CJ. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks to the uh, thanks to the time stage. Lovely to chat. No, yeah, for sure. Good. And hey, you be easy on my boy Chaz, dude. You're making that guy work too hard, dude. Come oh, on, we're gonna dude. we're gonna make that golden geese just pucker up like in every thirty seconds and Man, make him lay his golden Podcast, come on. I thought of like four stories during this conversation that I'm hoping Derek writes. 
<laughs> Derek. All right, next three. It better be from you. <laughs> no chance. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna write this up. I'm gonna do a little intro, and then uh, there's a story about Craig Jarvis, the South African guy, sent us this all this stuff. About I love his stuff. How good is he? And he said he's been sending all this so stuff good. about South African surfers going ape shit. So um, so good. I'm gonna write that. <laughs> get, get long time. Get long time. Can long time write up the Gabe thing? Because I think that is so. I thought that was so fantastic. Oh yeah, the I mean, game. Yeah, yeah. How, how cool yeah. was the, um, the the commentary? But that's the funny thing. You have people like Gabrielle and Italo and Felipe giving these interviews in English, and you're never going to get you're never going to get no. below the crust because they can't express. Well, you it. Gotta I mean, yeah, you gotta exactly. hit translate. Yeah, they're laughing and warm. I mean, look at his demeanor. Like you saw the video, the YouTube video. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Gab Magic Gabriel would be amazing with posted interviews, but at the moment all he can say is, yeah, yeah, you know, I wanted to win. And yeah, I won. And inside he's going, I get them the fuck ass. And then I did this and that and this, and I'm gonna do this and hmm, screw the WSL. And fucking Glenn Marco Hall, if he does it again, I'm gonna fuck him up. Yeah. Elo's English teacher. That's what he needs. <laughs> he does, yeah. Then he can learn Corfo speak. <laughs> then he can learn to say something. Pat um, O'Connell is the, um, is, the is, uh, I think he's the, Mr. Miyagi is uh, Elo and uh, Pat O'Connell is the karate kid learning how to speak Corpo. <laughs> <laughs> the, honestly, the other week, Patty talked for about three minutes straight and I don't think there's one cohesive sentence. Well, that, that is like people log into surfing, right? Like I, I log into surfing because, I mean, you live in the corporate world. A lot of us live in the corporate world. We're trying to get out of that, right? So surfing's got to be frontier there has to be things that are frontier about it and and a lot of times the most frontier things about is like the language like what the heck are these guys saying um you know why are they acting that way and it just like i mean i don't know i just i've, I've and people just always remember like surfers used to always go upstream like if everyone was doing this they would just go the other way you know I don't know. I just feel like that frontier side of it is, is, is a big component that we've, you know, like just people just going off, you know, about something that's lame. I used to never do it. That's why I was called vanilla and no one really, you know, until I was retired, maybe. Then I got Chess, 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 did you just throw out an hallelujah? I did. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's gotta be frontier, man. It can't, you can't even, you can't sprinkle any corporate, nothing in there because like people don't, that's not why they tuned in. It's like, I'll just go to work and I can hear that all day. But TikTok's been a big pivot for the WSL. They're killing it on TikTok. Oh my God. Is that, is that the, that's it. I mean, gosh, there has to be an, I mean, it's all meddled in. It's all it, the, the joy to cost ratio We've given up so much. Like we, we've actually gotten to a point where humans, where we have given up so much. There, there's no return, dude. Yeah. Like joy to cost. I'm gonna start. The joy to cost is real sweet. I'm gonna take joy to cost to my broker if I had a broker. Say, so, hey, start investing in the joy. Get rid yeah. of the cost, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can th all I can think about right now is Orlando Meth House Sexon. Chinese, how to get how to get to fucking Orlando or Melbourne? Of course. Or do I or do I fly do I fly to LA and drive there? Do I fly to Dallas and drive there? What do I do? How do I get there? What do I do? Looking at Google, everything. She. Uh, Chaz told me not to tell you that story, but I couldn't. I I'm sorry. He knew you were gonna act this way. He knew oh, it. God. I'm I'm hotter than Africa, Tyrone.
<laughs> All right, well, you guys get to those South African stories. They're good. All right, thanks, All right. TJ. Lo lovely to see you, man. All right, guys, thank you. This is you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.